Listeners, hello, welcome back to another episode, and I'm sorry this one's a little late, so uh, I'll just plow through this news and get you right into the episode proper, so let's go. The adventures of Tina Ola Coleman through crowdfunding sites to find us the best games being fundraised for continues. This week we have Vesper Either Saga, which is a delightful looking strategy RPG with card mechanics. What's not to love? This sounds pretty rad up my alley. And some fantastic artwork by French artist Jeremy. So if you're interested in strategy RPGs, go give this one a look and uh, see if it's worth adding your funds too. Next up comes a feature in our Game Primer series from Nathan Lee, so you want to get into the Neptunia series. That's that's what it is. That's the article. He gives a comprehensive breakdown of the entire series since he is our resident superfan. So go give this one a read if you have any questions or thoughts about getting into Neptunia. Blitzball, Final Fantasy X's unsung hero comes to us from Giancarlo Vasquez. It's their second article they've written for us, and again, it's another fantastic read. The one-player missions uh, always have such fun insights, and Giancarlo's take on Blitzball and its place in Final Fantasy X is really great in this article, so if you are a fan of the series or even just curious, go check this one out. It's a great read. Over in the Features department, Nathan Lee also kicks us off with Fire Emblem Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, which has finally seen the light of day over here in North America with the uh, re-release on the of the NES version, Famicom version, here on the Switch. And overall, it's Fire Emblem. It's what it started with, and it's definitely dated, but also fans of the series want to see where it all began. Go pick this one up, because it looks like a, uh, a staple. The next one comes to us from Bob Richardson, who is absolutely ecstatic to be able to take this one on and it is a mouthful as you all know dragon quest 11 as echoes of an elusive age definitive edition it's finally made its way to the sony playstation 4 better than ever i mean it's it's unfortunate that fans had to get stuck with uh, i guess the original release and this wasn't an update that they could just tack on with dlc or whatever like you have to buy the whole new game that's kind of a bummer but it is what it is overall the game is fantastic here on the ps4 Bob gave it RPG Fan Editor's Choice, so uh, if you're looking for a place to get it, check out his review, see if this is the place to do it. Marvel's Avengers is still going strong, for better or worse, and Taking Aim is the free DLC that just dropped that lets you go on an adventure with Kate Bishop, which is exactly what Audrey Bowling has done. Again, it's free, so that's great. It's still some solid fun gameplay, it's a bit glitchy, so some of the real problems of the original game are still present, it hasn't really fixed anything, so if you liked what you got with Marvel's Avengers, get into this one, it's more of the same. Uh, otherwise, this DLC isn't going to sell you on it one way or the other if you haven't gotten into it just yet. Cyberpunk 2077 is out, and you know that. You've listened to the past few episodes. We've talked about it. And how could you not, considering the better or worse the acclaim it's been getting? Uh, that being said, overall, John Tooker really did like the game, but it's hard not to take into context uh, the greater conversation about it. So that's reflected in his score. We did a video review of it that I was pretty happy to put together as well. Check it out in whichever form you want overall. Uh, yeah, it's it bodes well if you like it on PC, and we'll see what happens for console users in the future. On this episode, we talk a bit about Saga, which uh, just dropped its trilogy on the Switch not too long ago. We haven't done a review of it yet, it's in progress. But in the meantime, Patrick Gann, our resident lover of Saga, has been playing Romancing Saga Reuniverse, the mobile game, and has dropped a review for it. So if you are interested in uh, another fun gacha RPG and you like Saga, then go check out his review. And our final bit of review coverage comes from our resident hater of Saga, a kid. But we all know Jono's not a big fan. Jono Logan took on Yakuza Like a Dragon, as you've heard on the podcast. He's been loving it, and he has finally gotten his full review and thoughts out on digital page. Gave it RPG fan editor's choice, and I'm really not shocked. It looks like a stellar game, and Jono thinks so. So go check out his review for the nitty-gritty on it if you haven't already bought into it. And that's it for my solo act. Now uh, we go on over to the episode proper, where you can hear me cajole with a bunch of friends on episode 205 of Random Encounter. Listeners, hello, happy new year. This is the first podcast of 2021. We've left the dumpster fire behind us. Now we can only look ahead. Uh, it's 
really nothing's changed. It's, it's still the same. We're still figuring all this stuff out as we move forward. But at least uh, hopefully everyone has a much more positive outset and have stopped blaming it on uh, a couple digits and now have new digits to blame things on as we move forward. So I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, John Logan on the mic. Hello there, everyone. Happy Hello 2021. There, right? Let's hope so. Uh, I hope everyone had fun, happy, safe holidays as best they're able to. It's been a, a pretty particularly hard year, I'm sure, for a lot of people, whether alone or not. So uh, my heart goes out to you all. I yeah, hope we can, found some fun stuff. We can euphemistically refer to 2020 as a year to remember. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, well, because uh, his laugh is so distinctive, let's introduce Neil Chandran, our resident uh, PR sort of well pr or mark uh, you're not i guess marketing but your relations but your our outreach to the companies either way you'll change yeah. everybody hey everyone uh the big grinning face of uh <laughs> slack for me because you have or i guess i guess on the site you got uh, what's his face from tw- um thousand arms this big old grin the uh, the smiling face of rpg fan <laughs> <laughs> he's a hard man to keep down it's true uh, we are also joined, uh, for the first time in a long while, by Elena Hags. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Also bright and delightful, and glad to have you back on. It's been it's been quite a while, but fans have definitely been hearing your voice on Retro Encounter, and <laughs> what's your recently rhythm. on Rhythm? Yeah, I've been everywhere but here, unfortunately, but yeah, I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me. You've had some great episodes on Rhythm, by the way. The last few. Oh, you, uh, the you last were on while. one of them with me, yeah. So you should know. <laughs> I thought. I thought. Yeah, there's been some great music discussed. I think so too. Yeah. I specifically think Winter Warmer Two, uh, the wintering, was a very good episode. <laughs> if anyone's looking for a, a good listen with some good, oh. good wintery music. Thank you. And then we need uh, Winter Warmer Three, the Wild Winter. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Wild Listen. Another, yeah, we've got a few more months left of the winter, but yeah, I'm sure we'll have another one in a year. So. Right. It's, it, there's lots of cozy music to cozy up to. Uh, and finally, that last chuckle came from Zach Wilkerson, resident head of features and just keeping busy in general. Zach, hello. Hi, how's it going? It's going swell. Thanks for asking. Good. Unless you're asking the listeners, then you're just going to wait for emails. <laughs> and you'll be waiting a while. Because you're never right. <laughs> Whatever, I've made the mom joke before. I'm not going to do it again. Uh, yeah, thanks everybody for being here. It's, uh, again, a new year. You're all breaking in episode 205 with me and keeping the podcast going, so thank you. That was for all you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> we're just, for all we know, screaming into the void. So we're hoping, when, when, really, I do this just for myself. This is for your benefit, Greg. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just for me. Me and my, my career of podcasting hosting got a face for radio now um i'm just yeah glad that we have uh this to look forward to it's been a good thing all throughout 2020 to to have a project <laughs> it's rpg fan really was uh, a saving grace for me throughout this past year and especially with the podcast and i had my ups and downs with wanting to keep on with things it's it's hard to stay motivated like i feel like i never really hit that big slump that some people more obviously did but then there's subtle ways every once in a while where I'm just like, oh, I feel like I'm in like a depression or a fog right now. And it just kind of hit me, came and went. So having video and the podcast and all of you lovely people to talk to is, was a it was a good thing through 2020 for me. Yeah, RPG fans great for that. Like, even if you're having a rough time, there's always somebody there to talk to, which is really good. But like, yeah, mm-hmm. when I didn't have anything to review or anything to play for a podcast, I kind of slipped into a similar slump. So Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's good to keep yeah. busy. With that being said, uh, we're here to talk about feelings. This no, um, we're here to talk about feelings and games and how we feel about those games. And uh, yeah, I don't know. We've uh, I didn't really hit my plans over the holiday at all because I got so busy with. Uh, Holy crap! Into sorry, Cyberpunk. Greg. I just I just realized something amazing that is impossible because unfortunately he's dead. But how great would a podcast with Mister Rogers have been? <laughs> I was wondering where you were going to go with that. Then I was like, who, who have you like yeah. killed in the last uh, twenty minutes? Jello? I was just going to say, I'm like, I what do you know about Stephen Myring? Though I don't. No, we were just talking about feelings, and I was like, <laughs> Mister Rogers' podcast would be something that I would listen to so much. It would be so wonderful to have that in 2020 and 2021. I feel like that is the way he possibly would have gone. I didn't get to my my plans this 
this uh, holiday of playing Chrono Cross, which is funny because I got paired up with Audrey this week, and I'm like, how's Chrono Trigger? And she's been doing great and loving it, which is cool. She can keep her RPG fan card. Uh, uh, <laughs> I unfortunately have not been keeping up on Chrono Cross as much yet, so I was too sidetracked by um, John cracking the rip- whip on the, uh, the review for Cyberpunk. A kid. It was fun. And then, you know, family and everything else. So, And to be it's fair, Greg, busy. I do feel like this is a very common occurrence when it comes to Chrono Trigger versus Chrono Cross. <laughs> yeah, one of them's easier to fall off of, it's true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I am actually excited to get back to it. It's just been... Uh, I also... Gwen and I got uh, Annette Shadow of the Tomb Raider for Christmas, which is the first game she's like really meaningfully wanted to play again. So she kind of overtook the TV again for a bit, too. Which was nice to see because I miss her not having time to game, or miss her having time to game rather, uh, since she is a busy person uh, with everything she does. So most of her gaming has been like on her phone with Mario Kart World Tour. So I'm like, here's a game you can play. And she doesn't want to finish Breath of the Wild because she's like, then it'll be done. So. Is Breath of the Wild ever truly done though? Really? <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, I found all the shrines, but now I'm like, now I need the DLC so I can get more shrines. Now you got the shrines, you got the Korok seeds, you know, there's, there's 900 of them, so. I was going to say, yeah, Korok seeds will keep you busy. So we're going to shift things over to uh, what Alana was getting into over the holidays. Uh, Alana, you took on Paradise Killer, which Caitlin reviewed back when it came out. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a, what the heck is this game? I need to know, was kind of Caitlin's take on it and she jumped at the chance to review it and seemed to really dig it and it's aesthetically super cool this game so uh yeah what is this really vibrant graphic adventure about it's pretty hard to sum up um what the heck is it about is i know what you've been saying on twitter (laughs) yeah um i didn't want to spoil anything too much but like yeah, generally Paradise Killer is like an open world murder mystery game. You have this very long exposition where you're essentially told that a the great betrayal has happened and the gods have been fighting with the humans and the humans have been fed up with... The gods are essentially trying to enslave humans and the humans were like, no, we don't want that anymore. So they kill a bunch of the gods. Then there's a bunch of humans who form this group together called the Syndicate. And the Syndicate find a god who is dying make a pact with them and agree to make this alternate reality called paradise or these alternate realities and by the time paradise killer starts you are on something called sequence 24 so they want to create a perfect paradise basically um for humans to worship gods and enslave the humans to work for the gods so the syndicate are not a very nice bunch of people um but at the end of sequence 24 uh the a group of people called the council who are like standards for the syndicate they basically run the island they're murdered and you are a detective and everybody in this game has a metal gear solid-esque name right uh, so the lady oh, love nice. dies is the name yeah lady love dies is the name of the detective and she's pulled out of a three million year ex- three million day exile to come out and solve this mystery of who killed the council where did they get exiled to is it like another uh, some, iteration? Some random island airborne above paradise. I honestly, it, it could be anywhere. I'm, I'm still not really sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Paradise Killer is bizarre. Um, I think the word to describe it, that's probably the perfect word to describe it. Um, so it's an open world mystery game. So it's not like your Phoenix Wrights or your Danganronpas or your other VNs that involve murder mystery. You have an entire island with a map, a load of pointers that tell you where members of the syndicate are, and you have to go around and question them to find out who's killed the council. And this branches off... Yeah, and it branches off into multiple different cases that are all linked back to this overall crime. And yeah, it's really interesting. It's a really interesting take because... You, there's no like linear path so you could find some clues before other clues and you can find certain off branches to this main murder mystery before other bits um i think like you pointed out like it looks really cool and i think the visual aesthetic is probably the biggest selling point like the soundtrack is incredible it's like this vaporwave jazz mix and it's just so stylish and then the visuals like it's it's just like some neon pop 
vaporwave weird as hell paradise island with some suburban elements like there are parts of it that looks relatively normal and then you've got like a goat that's sitting a blue goat sitting on top of a building that's <laughs> laughing at you and it's and like everybody in the 80s was stoned <laughs> or really everyone's I high mean, all the time i would be interested to play it while high let's put it that way um <laughs> i feel like that would be like a trip in and of itself it's like very much, very much like uh yeah like the, just kind of that animatrix kind of viewpoint from like um uh the like the aeon flux one that's at the end of the animatrix i don't know if anyone else has seen it but like all the mm. shorts uh, for the animatrix the very last one was done by the aeon flux team and then they go into the matrix and it's all like trippy very vibrant and whatever and super deformed kind of character stuff and it kind of gives me that vibe but it is very like it's not cyberpunk though it's but it's just just very 80s it's very 80s yeah it Um, looks like it looks like a fever dream cross with miami vice yeah that's a pretty good way of putting it i'd say yeah it's very stylish very 80s very vaporwave um i think what's really interesting about it is just the way that it branches out but i also like really really love the characters now there's the syndicate members it puts you in an interesting place because like you know the syndicate's bad because you're essentially trying to get to perfect 25 which involves enslaving humans from the real realm to like sacrifice to these gods to make sure they create this perfect world and you're trying to like solve a crime where members of the syndicate the council members have died so it's like it puts you in an awkward position as a player but the characters are all really interesting so you have um you have someone called the architect uh carmelina she's the one who basically creates every island and tries to create to perfection she's probably the most normal one then you've got um sam daybreak who is a skeletal bartender ex-assassin and then crimson acid is my favorite who is just a suit wearing goat idol lady who sneaks around information <laughs> She's the best, actually. She's really good. And you can build up like relationships with all of them as well, which gets you more clues and more hints. Um, oh, so, that's cool. Yeah. So there's no um, like it's... dating sim or anything, but it's just like, uh, God, like, yeah, relationship building for getting better contacts and information kind of from them all. Pretty much, yeah. Um, you can date a few of them, oh. um, but it's not like it's only a couple of them and it's a yes or no question, essentially. Like, do you want to do something? And then screen fades to black kind of thing. This is Ooh. not a mystery game to play with kids, by the way. It's okay. pretty, it's pretty out there. Um, but, In many ways, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Kaylin's review is pretty spot on. Like I really had a good time with it and I'd really recommend it. Um, it's pretty hard to describe without spoiling anything. Cause I think parts of the mystery are really interesting and for me, I think the most interesting aspect of it is that you are essentially... There's this whole question throughout, like, there's some really hammy, like, 80s, 90s voice acting throughout, and one of the lines is like, oh, the facts and the truth are not the same thing, and that is essentially the game, right? Like, you're picking up all of these facts, but by the end of the game, or you can trigger the end of the game at whatever point you want, Um so actually when you start on the island you start at a trial room or a courtroom and you can go back to that courtroom and start the trial at any point regardless of how much evidence you have regardless of how many case links you've got regardless of how many characters you've met you can start that trial off um and then depending on how much evidence you've got um you can prosecute or put up names for people who you want to prosecute to each crime and as long as you've got enough evidence, you can convince the court, uh, the judge, that that's the person who did it. Whether they did it or not, you might not find out. So. Oh, that's it, interesting. It's less like um, linear, I guess, of as Phoenix Wright. Yeah, very. It's not linear at all. There is like an overall perpetrator for the main crime, and there are some like if depending on how much information you get, it will become clear who did do it, but. If you really think at one point that a character has done this crime and you've got the evidence to back it up, you can absolutely send them down and do it. So, yeah, it's a really interesting play on the whole um, crime fiction genre, I think, in video games. Hmm. I I think, if I remember Caitlin's review rightly, because I read it a little earlier today, the ending can be a little bit unsatisfying because 
like i i really i'm really interested in the way that the game plays with truth and like you know if you believe something for long enough then you're going to believe it's true right and it just doesn't always lead to a satisfying conclusion i don't think because there are certain cases and i've beaten it twice like you can save it right before the courtroom um i went in with a little bit of a lack of evidence and i thought oh i'll persecute these people but then i realized i didn't have enough evidence and in some cases the game will overrule you and say nope it's this person which is fine because there is like a main suspect um and then yeah the game will tell you nope you're wrong it is this person which is fine i get that but then sometimes i won't have a lot of evidence the game will lead me to think that oh i'm not right and then the next second it'll be like nope you're right this person did do it the person you prosecuted is the person who did it and it, it was just a little bit unclear and unsatisfying at certain times so yeah um it's it's good to be thorough in that game and there's some bits that are really well hidden um and it is really satisfying when you start to get things but i don't think it's quite as narratively well tied together as it wants to be and i think that main gimmick of like making your own truth doesn't always play out very well oh, interesting. if that makes sense yeah i i i must say like on style and confidence alone cuz like there's no other game i can't think of another like open world game like this especially mystery game um i think in no. terms of confidence it's extremely good like you can't fault it for what it's trying to do and there's nothing else that quite feels like it like you know you can jump you it, you basically have like running and jumping and you can jump off buildings you can skirt up the side of cliffs like the horse in skyrim and do stupid tricks like that like <laughs> it, it's ridiculous um it's but, like uh really yeah it seems like uh, like, I mean, compared to like the obvious recent release of Cyberpunk, it's like that just without the combat. So you're doing all the story beats and the digging for information. Just you don't have mm. to fight anybody for it. Yeah, exactly. It's just you're discussing with people and stuff. So I yeah. like that as um, a nice change. Yeah, it is really, really interesting. I think um, I wish it pulled off a lot of other um, some things um, a little bit better. But like, there's no way you can fault it on style and substance and interesting ideas i would say so yeah i was just trying to cram in like a few like end of year releases or like late releases to the end of the year and paradise killer was one i picked up off of the back that. of caitlin's enthusiasm and yeah i would say i wholeheartedly agree with her review so go and check it out um yeah it's on steam and switch so and it's pretty reasonable price as well so what did you yeah. play it on uh, I played it on Switch, but I played it mostly docked because I get motion sick, so, okay. and the game is first person, right. so I I couldn't play it handheld at all. It just made me feel really dizzy. So, but it navigates pretty well. Uh, yeah, it doesn't um, feel like oh, I sh this would have been better with a mouse and keyboard kind of thing as for like probably. UI and stuff. Yeah, it did feel a little bit um, awkward to control with a oh, okay. controller or even handheld. So yeah, I think mouse and keyboard is probably the intended way to play okay. it. Or, yeah um, um if i may yeah. ask of course a uh, question i had was one thing was during the courtroom stuff I, my experience is um pretty limited with phoenix Wright. i got a little bit more uh with murder by numbers going through that that uh, john turned me on to and john might be interested in hearing this too uh like the courtroom session itself does that play like phoenix Wright, or is it a bit different like what's the gameplay style like in those particular scenarios um so it's quite a bit different from what i remember it's been a little while since i've played phoenix right but um you are guided through case by case essentially um and you basically get given a list of suspects and you get presented with all the evidence you have for each character you select the character that you want to prosecute and then you present every piece of evidence individually so yeah it's not too involved um there's no like arguing you can't debate and you can't like counter argue anything um you've always got the right piece of evidence essentially or the piece of evidence oh, okay. lined up it's not a case of like trying to figure anything out yeah it's just if you've got it you've got it if you haven't got it you haven't got it so so it's a little bit less yeah. like a puzzle game try to figure out the evidence that suits the comment that kind of thing for phoenix right pretty much yeah kind of the puzzle is essentially finding all the evidence in the first place yeah yeah i mean phoenix right also you're you're a defense attorney so it's kind of the opposite right. yeah it oh, is right, quite yeah, it's, it's very different yeah it sounds like a game that's really, uh, that sounds up my alley, though. I've always, I mean, I'm always up for a good murder mystery, and this game specifically sounds like it would be, it presents a, uh, a heck of a one. 
definitely it's unique enough and i think if you're interested it's definitely worth checking out yeah and the aesthetic Deep. really speaks to me of the game it just looks it just looks <laughs> it like looks a good. really cool game give the soundtrack a listen it's on a band camp um uh yeah, I'm going to do that now. Yeah, um, I think he goes under the stage name Epoch. So yeah, uh, Barry Epoch, I believe. And it's really fantastic. Um, and if you're actually, if you're also interested, uh, Scott and Steph did a dual stream uh, a couple of months back. So I believe the VODs are on Twitch. So if you oh, want to yeah. check them out, you know, like a couple of sessions, then absolutely. I think they had a blast. I didn't really check in too much because I wanted to play it for myself. But I know that Steph is a really big fan of it. So yeah, her enthusiasm should get you in. I you might interested. just do that. <laughs> do, that. do you see um, them iterating? Is there like room for a sequel in this, and that they can maybe improve upon some of the aspects that you thought were a bit weaker? Mm, I wouldn't be surprised if they did something similar. Um, there, I don't think there is room necessarily for a direct sequel, but I think it's a good enough idea that if they just polished it up for something different or even if another studio decided that you know open world mystery but different setting or something right i mean yeah. with the different iterations of the paradises i mean it could stand to reason there could be another one but yeah it almost like yeah kind of sounds too a little bit like altered carbon where you're like taken out of being put on ice to come solve a mystery and <laughs> so you got like again you can always kind of come back another time where like hey you did this once back in iteration 24 let's bring you back out for iteration 107 <laughs> yeah that is one of the really cool things actually like throughout the game there's a bunch of secrets that um expand on the law of the previous 23 islands so there's a lot of lore as well like i wouldn't be surprised if people got overwhelmed by it and but it like nicely logs it away for you so you can like read through it at your own pace but that's good yeah so yeah maybe a prequel we don't know but obviously lady love dies has been in exile for three million days so maybe somebody else would have to take the stage if yeah. it was in those three million days that would so. be almost eight thousand years is 8,000 years. Yeah, me and my friends worked it out the other week. Because <laughs> we were like, how long is 3 million? Oh, okay, they are immortal. Right, I didn't misread that bit. Yeah. Well, before we wrap this up, uh, Zach or Neil, do you have any questions you want to throw at Alana? No, I think she covered it pretty thoroughly. I've been interested in it for a while, so glad to hear your take is similar to Caitlin's. Yeah. Yeah, um, color me intrigued for sure. <laughs> awesome. Well, that, yeah, it that sounds like all the enthusiasm I've been hearing yeah, from Steph, from Caitlin, and everyone else who kind of... This game, again, it seemed to kind of take everyone's surprise when it just kind of popped up. And when we're just like, well, I guess nobody else. We're in? Okay, cool. Let's let's check this out. And then Caitlin just kind of jumped on it because she was just like, I am so very intrigued. So I'm glad it paid off for you as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I don't remember it. Being, I think I remember it being showcased maybe once or twice. It was definitely one of those indie conferences over the summer. Yeah. Was it the, that was the, the, first the time Steam I Summer it. of Gaming one? I can't remember... Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that one at least. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, before that, I don't think I'd heard of it. So yeah, it was a nice surprise. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was a dog you can pet, right? That's an important thing to address. There is a dog you can pet, (laughs) yeah. You can give him treats, actually. Oh, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is delightful. Even Uh, better. (laughs) For the dog, at the very least. I mean, the better you can treat the dog in a game, the happier gamers are in general, I feel. Generally, yeah. Yeah. I like carrying around the Shiba Inu and Sukuna Rice and Ruin. I'm like, he's my baby. Oh, yeah. I need to play that. I've got that, but I haven't got around to it yet. Well, we'll talk about that more when uh, you and I both have more time to play it. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, other reviews that came out recently. I mentioned this one in the pre-show last time around was Luminous Plume that uh, Neil jumped on for us. And it's a really neat-looking action RPG. We are discussing a bit in the pre-show. It definitely looks in the realm of like the more of the indie style of... Not RPG Maker, but like another like indie um, free open source game building thing. Like I thought it was like Game Maker or whatever, because it's a bit platformy and such too. But Neil can speak more to that. Uh, but yeah, you seem pretty pretty into it, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Go figure. Luminous. It's flashy. Plume. <laughs> you know, it's almost funny that Luminous Plume feels like the complete opposite of everything Alana spoke about with. Uh, with Paradise Killer, because with Luminous Plume, let's see, it's an action RPG that the developer says has, like, elements of, like, Tails and Yeast 3, and is basically about 
a sullen dude with a troubled past whose past catches up with him and thrusts him on a by-the-numbers JRPG adventure. But the game is not about the story. The game is pretty much about the dazzling, flashy graphics, the tight, fluid controls, an absolutely brilliant battle system, and music wasn't bad either. Like, the battles feel like... Okay, I should say that it's a bit of what I call like a battle rush RPG where where it's like you get a little bit of plot and then you're on a screen, you battle. Go to the next screen, you battle. There's very little in terms of exploration. There's no... Okay. There's no like shopping for things or anything like that. It's It's basically just... You took an RPG and it was just fight, 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 and fight some more. So it's pretty linear. Oh, it's definitely. Like you're just kind of following the story, which again, there's nothing wrong with that. It's all what you want, really. Yeah, and and like I said, the game's not even so much about the story. It's just it's really about the battle system, which it to me it felt like um the older like 2D enhanced linear motion tales games because there was just a laundry list of crazy attacks and skills that could be mapped to like various button presses like you know down an X up an X very similar to the old Tales games and there were so many attacks and skills that the main character could learn so combat always felt pretty fresh to me because I was always trying out different attacks trying to string them together and create wild combos and because the graphics had like tons of motion and very little sl- and like no slowdown, I was always excited to try something new just to see what it looks like on the screens. And of course, I I had a few favorites that I settled on and got me through big portions of the game. I know anyone else who tries out the game, they'll find their favorites. Yeah, it's basically a game that's anchored by uh i think some of the most fun battles i've had in a while yeah because you weren't too high on the story for sure like you only gave it like a 50 so there's definitely not much to it there which we've all seen those games where the story is not what really kind of sells it which on the one hand we a lot of us play rpgs because we want a really cool epic in-depth well-told story but if you're lucky, the gameplay can keep you in enough. Like I had the same thing with Star Renegades. There's really not much story in that at all, but it's super fun to play. So I yeah. just came in for the combat and the tactics and everything. And so you can kind of pick, I guess, a play style on this one. Is that like determined just by the abilities you unlock, or is it the weapons? Like how does um, the skill progression and the character combat work? Yeah, basically, basically it's just you know. As, as you level up, you can learn all kinds of new skills, and you can open up new skills and attacks, and then various other, like, passive skills open up. You get skill points that you okay. can so it's like a classic it. kind of tree uh, yeah, kind of setup? Mu- or- yeah, okay. yeah, pretty much. And are you a set class? Like, does the, does the main hero, do you get to choose different heroes, or is it just the one hero, whoever it's just, that is? Uh, it's, just, it's, just the one, it's just the one hero, and... Uh, okay. And yeah, and he learns all, and he learns a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. So it's whatever you want to make it essentially, and so no two playthroughs ideally would be the same, which is why I guess the combat yeah needs to kind of shine a bit more. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, now this developer, have you looked into them much? Yeah, they're called Xeno Horizon. I think this was their first game. Like, has this become like a good foundation for them that you could see them? Oh, uh, embell- uh, drawing out this this world. Is there more to this world, or is it at least just a, a platform for other games in this style? You know what? I, I think it's more the latter because I feel like if if you were to take if I were to take this battle system and and cherry pick it out and put it into a more like fully realized and fleshed out RPG with all the bells and whistles, like say. Valkyrie profile or or indivisible or something like that I would probably look at it a bit more favorably because I like all those 
extra bells and whistles like, <laughs> you know, being able, like, exploration and shopping in towns and being, and having a whole bunch of NPCs to talk to and things like that. Um, but in, but in terms of building off of this, I definitely think the developers have done some brilliant stuff here. Like I said, the battle system's great. The controls are super tight. I, I love the brightly colored visuals and some very unique monsters like, uh, literal land sharks, like a bull shark with four legs that walks around. <laughs> what is it I with you and sharks? <laughs> right <laughs> I know right <laughs> like I said the only things I the only thing I really wasn't a fan of was obviously the story because it was pretty bare bones and the writing wasn't very good yeah you mm -hmm. even say in the review that you feel like it's more of a tech demo uh, it's, it's it yeah. sounds a lot like a I mean I'm sure that developers didn't mean it like this but it feels like a, a almost a proof of concept for their uh, game design ability yeah, it was definitely it definitely was showing off how well they can create a really like deep and well thought out and battle system that just controls super tight. So, well, I won't lie, like there's certain spots of it, like where yeah, I think overall, like a lot of the visuals look really cool, like the flashy abilities and such. Then there's like little moments of like the character models and um, like the UI itself just make me think of like early 2000s anime fanboard of like flash games or like that sort of stuff where the ui is very like edgy not quite emo but like epic angel wings and demon wings and one winged angel blaring in the background like it's just it's very it's interesting like the way it's mashed up but yeah i think you're right that it's like they could definitely build on this and with more funding or time or whatever make something even more impressive Definitely, and even, and to come back to to the UI, yes, it has all those stylish accoutrements. But even when navigating through the menus, like I found them very ergonomic. I I was I had no problem like going through going through things and you know map mapping skills and doing all that stuff because that's always a thing with me in my reviews. I complain so much if the menus are a disorganized mess or oh, if the fonts are so small that I can't read it. But in this case, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll just naturally, all right, doing this, building my character. All right, mapping this attack here, that attack there. All right. <laughs> well, that's important for this game, yeah, that everything kind of flows. Yeah. So you need that. That's, because That's kind of cool. Exactly, because you don't... Cause this is the type of game you don't want to spend too much time in the menus. You just want to get out there and uh, fight, 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 fight. That's fair. Uh, quick, quick uh, round table here. Uh, worst UI you've encountered for me. Uh, so you have time to think. For me, uh, I, I still hate Fable 2. I mean, there's so much I liked <laughs> about that game, but the stupid, like, oh, God, the whole menu system in that thing was just a mess. I, ugh, so clunky. Uh, Jono, what's your least favorite UI? Uh, actually, after playing both Fallout 4 and Fallout 76 over the break, yeah, Fallout, the recent Fallout games, <laughs> I, I can't, st I can't oh, stand God. the, I can't stand the Pip Boy. Ugh, I hate it. <laughs> uh, Zach, since we haven't heard much from you, what's your least favorite? Uh, you know, Fallout 76 might be mine as well, but I, I'm gonna <laughs> go worst UI in a game I like. Um, Sweet in Five's UI is real bad. Um, oh, good. <laughs> uh, it's not good. It's like the worst part of that game. Uh, but the rest of the game is amazing. Uh, but uh, yeah. I don't know. Fallout 76. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, the rest of the game is so bad, it's hard to separate it out. Alana, what do you got? <laughs> oh, um, just having too many menus, I guess. Like, a lot of Dragon Quest games make you click through too many buttons too <laughs> many times. Uh, I don't mind it too much, but yeah. And bringing it back to Neil. Oof. That is a tough one, but the first thing that came to mind was Final Fantasy VIII, because I felt like its menus were super oh, cluttered, and I'm going through like a whole bunch of menus and submenus and stuff just to do like the simplest little things. Yeah, when you're like shuffling around your guardian forces and that, Ugh. definitely remember having a lot of fun with that a couple of years ago when I did the remaster. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I give a shout out? Can I give a shout out to a uh, really, really great YouTube channel? 
Yeah, go for yeah. it. It's called Design Doc. Uh, it's uh, oh, yeah. Design Doc. Awesome, awesome YouTube channel for uh, talking about video game design and UI. And he has this great series called uh, Good Design, Bad Design, and uh, where he he literally like takes a look at various aspects from various games, what works, what doesn't. If anyone's interested in game UI, uh, yeah, check out Design Doc. Great YouTube channel. Cool. Thanks for sharing. Well, cool. Yeah. So that's yeah. Uh, if you don't want a lot of story and just want to beat things up, I guess that's the way to go with uh, Luminous Plume. Oh, yeah. There's taste for everybody. Yep. Speaking about people with different tastes, Zach, I hear you're playing some Saga games. <laughs> <laughs> I am playing some Saga games, although I, I'm not going to be, like, super positive on them, so you'll feel good about that, Jono. I feel good about it already. Oh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, I'm playing uh, the Collection of Saga, which is... Uh, technically the first three saga games which were all released locally as final fantasy legends one two and three uh back when i was a wee little one um and yeah so i uh i have not uh taken a crack yet at final fantasy legend three um but i remembered a little bit and know a little bit about it so i can talk about it a little bit but basically the collection itself is just um it's not remastered it's not anything it's just it is Final Fantasy Legends 1, 2, and 3. So I know there were like some DS remakes and things like that. That's not what we got. We got we got the original games uh, for good or ill. Like it looks pretty crisp though HD-wise with the presentation. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean like it looks uh, certainly better than it did when I blew it up on my Super Game Boy um, on my TV back, which is how I played <laughs> them originally. I would hear um, no bad words about the Super Game Boy, sir. Uh, uh, no, I, I, I really – I actually don't think I – owned a Game Boy for most of my childhood, but I did own a Super Game Boy. So that's how I played most of, um, I just played RPGs even when I was a kid, if I'm being Nothing honest. Wrong with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, it certainly looks better than that. Um, and um, like, there are some interesting UI choices. Like you can like, um, like if you wanted to, you could play it um, undocked and like you could play it like with like the touch screen, like it's a Game Boy. Oh, you can like weird. even like turn it uh, vertically. Um, oh, play it that way, which is kind of cool. Um, although I think that would probably, I, you can like move around the, uh, D pad and some other things to make it work better. But like, I, I don't know. I thought that it, it, it played kind of strange when I tested it out that way. Um, it's more just, I guess, did. ported from like the, like tablet versions and such. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very much like a tablet version on that, except for like, it's trying to reproduce what a Game Boy would have felt like it, it, it is not perfect on that front. Um, but otherwise, the games are mostly intact. Uh, the the one thing they have added to the games in general is that you can speed the game up by two times without um, making the music speed up. So like the the music and the music is really cool. Like the uh, Amatsu did um, the soundtrack for Legend One. I um, mean, they basically just used like some of his more famous tracks in Legends Two and Three, um, and kind of like remixed them. Um, but apparently, he didn't want to come back because he had trouble composing on like the Game Boy sound chip or whatever. Um, but the, the music is pretty cool. And I remember like, as soon as I tuned it up and I never played legend one as a kid, but I played two and three. And like, as soon as I hear like the title music, like, like the nostalgia was like immense. Um, and it reminds me of a, a time when like, uh, every RPG I played was like just something I was going to enjoy regardless. Um, and the years have not been super kind to it on that front. Um, <laughs> So Legend 1 or Saga has some of the weirdest mechanics I've played in the game. So basically the um, the concept behind Legend 1 is that you are uh, like trying to get to the top of a tower to discover like the secrets of creation or whatever. Um, and so basically like you make your way up a tower and like you'll get off at certain floors and there will be like a whole world there and you have to like find some more items to go like break the next door. And that's basically the whole story. Um, like you climbing okay. a tower, you breaking some doors. Um, and like there's some like stories within, but it, it Legend One very much feels like Dragon Quest Two meets Saga, um, because like there's not much direction. Like it's really difficult to kind of figure out where you're going, and the battle mechanics are really strange. So like you can have one of three types of characters. You can have a human whose stats are increased by literally buying potions like HP up potion or agility up potion or uh, strength up potion, or you have mutants whose stats are go up in a more uh, saga like fashion where just like random, um, which I know is Jono's favorite thing. Um, Love it. I know. Right. Um, and then you have monsters who like, if they eat certain foods, they'll like transform. Um, and so early on mutants are really useful, but like if you play it right, like, and if you have patience, like, 
you can like you can break the game pretty quickly and pretty easily. Um, but there are like these weird difficulty spikes, and like you can never see like one more than one enemy on a screen. And you remember like Final Fantasy One, where like if you target an enemy and then they die, it doesn't move off to the other target. Oh, Legend One and Two both do that, uh, which is just delightful. Oh, um, when that happened. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I mean, like it, Legend One is an is an eighty nine ninety RPG that has some cool music, has some interesting ish ideas that like the the human like like potion stat up thing they get rid of in the next ones. Um, so it doesn't really work. It's not very fun, um, but you know it's a game. Um, that should be your whole quote. You play a role. <laughs> yeah, it's a game. It's been used as one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Legend 2 kind of smooths some of those things out. Like uh, humans and and mutants both have like more saga leveling mechanics. And the story is a little more driven. Like basically the idea of that one is like you're trying to collect like these crystals that like unlock certain powers. But basically what you're trying to do is like catch up to your dad who like went off on an adventure. Um, and like so you're basically like kind of like going in his footsteps and like following him and discovering like mysteries of the magi as you're going and uh not really spoil anything uh, like eventually like you get to your dad he joins your party and i remember when i was a kid like it was like the most exciting thing I was like oh my gosh my dad joined my party at uh, this time i was like oh cool my dad joined my party uh so uh yeah i mean like again like the story there's the story's better the the mechanics are a little more smoothed out like there's this weird mechanic in Saga One where like if you die three times, like you're just permanent, like that character's permanently dead. You just have to like go get another level one. Um, oh. I definitely reset to make sure that did not happen. Is there a place you can just like recruit them or? Yeah, so there's like a guild, like uh, I don't know, like kind of like Dragon Quest Three. Okay. Um, where you can go recruit them, but they'll start off with no stats. So, uh, I mean, it's it's weird. It's a little janky, but like the difficulty smoothed out, and like they will give you like extra characters every once in a while to help you. And you can use robots in legend too. Um, and their stats are entirely based on like what equipment they're equipped with. Um, and if you know how to manipulate that, you can like have a very broken party. Um, and legend three, I have not gotten to yet, uh, but I, it's the one I have the most fond memories of. And it's also, I got like regular leveling mechanics, like not saga leveling mechanics. <laughs> so like, it's just like you level up and you get like, new spells and you have like a set party um so i'm kind of looking forward to that because i'm a little tired of trying to manipulate the rng to get my agility up on my mutants in legend 2 um but it, it it's a fun enough game for what it is but it does not live up to what i remember hmm. also i'm curious looking back obviously these games were designed for game boy yeah. uh are there any design uh choices that were made with that in mind like in, uh, as compared to other rpgs of the era like is it much are these games much more designed for pick up and play or well there are a couple things you can save anywhere which um i guess thinking back on it and thinking about it now like it's kind of miraculous for the time for an early 90s rpg um the dungeons are generally pretty short um, you're not normally going to have like long slogging dungeons. Like th the problem is like the dungeons will be short, but the enemies are very difficult in order mm -hmm. to kind of make up for that. So mm -hmm. you still have to grind a lot, but the speed up function is very helpful on that. Um, but yeah, I mean like, especially legend one, and it's a pretty short game. It's only like 12, 15 hours. Um, it certainly seems designed for um, like you, you go up a level of the tower and then you explore this other world and like you turn it off and then you do like the next thing, the next time you pick it up. Um, so like the quests are usually pretty short, um, but man, it would have been hard playing with Legend One and like not if I didn't play it for a couple of days and like I talked to literally every NPC and like figure out the one who tells me where I'm supposed to go. Oh man, I, that that would have been hard um, with even with for a Game Boy game. Mm. It's interesting that Permadeath didn't make it back to Legend Two because uh, Permadeath's the thing in Romancing Saga Two, isn't it? I think and maybe three. Um, I don't remember. Like you can die so many times and you'll lose that character forever. So. Yeah, they, uh, Kawazu remembered that, definitely, and took it. <laughs> That's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I quite like Romancing Saga 2, um, <laughs> other games in the series, so, yeah. I'm really interested. Right, well, thanks for coming on the show there, Alana. Wow. <laughs> You've known this about me for three and a half years now, Jono. You must have. <laughs> I was complaining. Yeah, I know. I complained about. I, I was complaining to you constantly while I was reviewing Romancing Saga 3. <laughs> I know. It, it's the right passage, definitely. I'm extremely interested that Square decided to bring these together as a collection rather than like 
I don't know any of their other IPs. Like they did with Collection of Mana in 2019, I guess. Um, but Saga feels like a weird choice because it seems to be having this like huge renaissance. What with like Saga Scarlet Grace in 2019, yeah. Romancing Saga Three, oh. and we've got Saga Frontier Remastered coming out this year as bizarrely, well. Bizarrely, so and the mobile like... one. Sorry, Alana. Bizarrely, literally, as you were talking, I was flipping to uh, RPG Fan to go to check out some of the reviews. The top review that just got released a few minutes ago is Romancing Saga Reuniverse. Yes, the mobile game, which Pat reviewed. Yeah, just, so, a few, yeah. just a few seconds ago, it just got Shocking. put up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a really interesting series to have, like, a renaissance. And, yeah, I'm still curious, like, even though they've, like, aged kind of not great. <laughs> but that's just my curiosity. One question I had for you, Alana, actually, uh, which will also feed into a question for Zach. When you were, because you reviewed the collection of mana for us, and, mm-hmm. um, like, what was your approach uh, since this is, I guess, a bit different from reviewing each game as a standalone thing, you're reviewing the whole collection. Like, what was, I guess, how did you approach that now that we're getting a lot of these sort of things? Well, in a similar position, I guess, like, I'd never, I'd played Secret of Mana, but hadn't played the other two games in the collection. But I'd played Secret of Mana, like, six times. So I was pretty <laughs> familiar with it. So I, like, right. dipped into it for half an hour and was like, yeah, it still plays, like, Secret of Mana. There's multiplayer. That's great. Fine. So I played through the other two games fully and decided to look at it as a package, but also assess them slightly individually, because at the end of the day, you have to acknowledge, like, the age difference between right. Final Fantasy Adventure, which is a Game Boy game, and Trials of Mana, which is one of the most demanding Super Nintendo games ever. Oh, so, so good. Oh, yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, my approach is pretty much the same as Alana's. I mean, like, I I definitely needed to play more of Legend 2 and 3 because, like, it, it's been, it's been, like, almost 30 years, not quite, but close, um, since I played them. So it's been a long time, and I have no idea how I beat Legend 2 as a kid. I mean, like, it <laughs> seems impossible to me. Um, I said more patience, I guess. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, thinking about it as a package and thinking about, like, the bells and whistles that they bring to it and, like, what those bells and whistles bring to the package. I mean, like, I reviewed, like... Um, the Grandia HD collection, um, I don't know, like a year ago. That's kind of the way that I approached it there as well. I'm just kind of thinking about like it, it's even a little bit different here. Like this is undoubtedly the best way to play Final Fantasy Legend if you want. Whereas with the Grandia HD collection, like there was some question about that. Um, And that's part of what I think about as well. Um, But just kind of like um, it, it, if you're the audience for this game, is it worth picking up again? I mean, like I'm going to be thinking as well about like, people who are in my position who played it when they were young and like, what does it mean? Uh, what does, what, what does it mean to destroy your nostalgia this way? Um, which is sort of what I'm doing right now. And please uh, like spell it nostal and then a capital G. Uh, yeah. No, no kidding. When you right? write it. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I think it depends on the collection. And in this case, it's going to be mostly about how the games hold up themselves because there are a lot of bells and whistles and you could, pull up an emulator and play it at four times speed if, you know, speed is your goal here. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the way I think I'm going to approach it. <laughs> Will people speed run these? I'm sure they have. They definitely have, yeah. Before we move on, I did want to address uh, the character art, box art, like just, again, what the heck is this thing? Like Final Fantasy Legend has a guy who's kind of like a knockoff Ash uh, from Ash Williams from Evil Dead with like a chainsaw and a bazooka and a pistol. And then there's just a bunch of fantasy around him. Um, quickly jump I mean, over to... Final Fantasy Legend 1, they're from the future, are they not? Or is that right? Am I remembering correctly? That's Legend from- 3. Legend 3, thank you. Okay, yeah. I know it was one of them, definitely. And then, yeah, Legend 2, again, you kind of got this like sort of chrono knockoff with a robot oh, buddy. My- oh my goodness, you are right. I haven't seen these. I haven't seen like the standard like blue, purple ones like it's Bond. it's like yeah, it's on the right. it seems to be part of the ui that it brings up like um oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, there's I, like I, three which looks that. mostly fantasy there's a centaur that's really cool and then there's just like a mecha in the background so it's just like what are these things it's kind of like so weirdly all over the map in terms of its brand it's like oh, yeah, don't forget it just that. seems like a wild time for saga <laughs> don't forget the little like the little mini me version of the yellow devil from Mega Man in the bottom right hand corner oh there. yeah <laughs> the one-eyed weird creepy Whatever the heck it is, yeah. Either way, it's just it's yeah, it's a wild time these games it looks like. But I am yeah considering picking it up if it ever goes on special or something on Switch and diving into just to to experience it. Well, that being said, uh, with all these things said and done, with what's been coming up, coming out, uh, we are in a new year and we've got some new games to look forward to. So before we wrap up this podcast, uh, we're gonna quickly I'm gonna pose the question this week, this episode. 
to the group of uh, what is the one game you are most anticipating for 2021 uh, with uh, we'll lead into that though with uh, turning it over to Zach for a quick uh, moment who is head of our features department we did have the 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 great big article come up of the 30 most anticipated that you helped put together which was great and I teased it last week um, yeah yeah I mean, uh, it's something that we do to some degree or another every year. Um, we released it a little bit earlier than we do some years, partially because we had to hold um, on Game of the Year stuff because right. Cyberpunk was releasing so late. Um, but yeah, had I mean, we like, only uh, known. boy, sure glad we held on that yeah, one. Yeah, no, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it's coming out before or after our Game of the Year results come out, but spoiler alert, Cyberpunk didn't do well. Um, <laughs> um but yeah, so I, I mean, I, I think it's one of my favorite features of ours that we do. Um, I mean, I learn about new things with it every time. And I um, I, I always like sort of the hopefulness of it as well. Like uh, like the hype train is always like starting around this time for me on like games. And I um, <laughs> certainly have a few that um, I'm particularly interested in. But yeah, um, I think it's a great feature. Yeah, and as always, like you said, like the discoveries, like there's stuff I even like forget about throughout the year. Uh, sometimes just because we do get so many announcements and then this year especially there was so much else on the plate so it was like just nice to be like oh yeah that's coming out oh yeah that oh I'm glad so glad so and so mentioned this one and I didn't even know about that little indie gem and you know it's pretty cool Uh, so again to give our panel a second to uh, think here I'll uh, kick us off Uh, it was really tough uh, because there's definitely like three big front runners but I I think I'm going to say Horizon Forbidden West is probably right up there because I loved Horizon Zero Dawn, as I talked about on the podcast. Uh, various times at length, finally getting back to it and uh, getting into it after all the hype everyone has built around it. It was just so good, and I'm excited for more. It's the one thing that will probably motivate me to maybe get a PS5, or do I want to wait the decade until it comes to PC? I don't know. We'll see. But it's uh, just such a sharp-looking game. And if it's going to be more of that world, but better, I'm into it. Uh, I will uh, turn it now over to my co-host. To uh, what's what are you up to, John? What do you want from 2021? In terms of RPGs, uh, no question in my mind. Bravely Default 2. Uh, I can't. It was up there for I me. I cannot wait for it. I I have to admit the demo left me a little cold, as listeners might remember. But it doesn't matter. I'm still just twitching to play this <laughs> game. I really, really think that they have they've taken the style from the ds games and they've they they just exploded on the uh switch it just looks Crank so gorgeous yeah so i'm i'm did you play the recent one uh uh the new demo they just dropped no i haven't played the recent demo because i yeah, i don't want to shatter my dreams anymore um <laughs> i heard it was a lot better actually i heard yeah. it was a lot more like tweaking to it yeah um so but i totally understand now with this close to release like why uh, why necessarily i'd rather just wait until it gets released um it's it's one of those games that (laughs) as review manager i am like well i can't just give it to myself like elon if you were review manager still i would be lobbying you so hard to get this game (laughs) and uh but as it is I can just give it to myself, but I'm like, I've just... I don't think anyone's really going to cry foul. I think foul. Mike Solosi might have something to say about it, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'm... There's a few people that... I, there's there's a few people who have put their name down for it, so uh, we'll be reviewing it, no doubt about that. And real, real quick, it's not an RPG, unfortunately, but oh my god, I cannot wait for a Silk Song. No, oh, don't say that in front of me. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I think that's... There's only one game this year that's definitely got a concrete release date that I'm more excited for than Hollow Knight mm-hmm. Silksong. Yeah, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing every single time I see like a new piece of information <laughs> get released about it, I'm just praying, just put RPG mechanics in the thing. I don't care if they're there or not, just put <laughs> RPG mechanics in the thing so we can review it. Give me an excuse to get it sooner. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I, like, I like the fact that it's detached. I want to play stuff that isn't in our coverage, actually. So, yeah. It's fair. But it just, it's an easy excuse to jump on it sooner rather than <laughs> yes, later, I right? Know. Yep. <laughs> I get it. Uh, let's go over to you, Alana. What are you, what are you excited for this year? <laughs> I almost don't want to say it because I know somebody else. I'll, so I'll say um, Chris Tales, which uh, was meant to come out this uh, 2020 in November. Um, yeah, yeah what's with it. that? <laughs> I keep seeing yeah. it pop up like, it's still not out yet. I'm like, I get the demo. Like, what? Huh? <laughs> It doesn't have a concrete release date, and I'm not excited for a ton this year because 
there's so few concrete release dates that I don't really get like other than Silk Song, like I don't get excited about things that don't have the concrete date. So, but Chris Tales, I've like played the demo and I've looked at it E3, and it's just a gorgeous game, and I love the idea of it splitting the screen between three different time periods, and you can affect the past, present, and mm-hmm. future all at the same time on the screen. So, yeah. Um, and I guess the other one, um, I'll give it a quick shout out. Um, Ease Nine, a demo dropped uh, the day before we recorded. And I'm not like the most excited East person. I've only played a couple of games. I'm going to recommend people don't try the demo. It's a little bit rough. Yeah, I've heard it's not great. It's not a good representation. Apparently it's a mishmash between the original Japanese release and a TGS tech demo they had. And it's it's rough. There's some real like rough traversal mechanics in that game. Sounds and awkward. I, yeah, I'm... I got a bit of heat because I don't adore Ease 8 and uh, Ease 8 is widely regarded as the best Ease game and Ease 9 tends to borrow a lot of stuff from that game in terms of combat and that and that's all cool like the combat was the best thing by miles about Ease 8 but yeah I think a lot of people are really excited for Ease 9 which is out February 2nd I think um, so I'm really interested to see how people take it because we've got a couple of big Ease fans on the site but yeah, I think the indie output this year is looking really cool, other than the Square Enix game, I will not say, for Zach's sake. So, you know. <laughs> well, we, we're going to definitely, I guess, lead that over to Zach then. We can't. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I was going to say Chris Tales if you stole Nier. Um, so. <laughs> uh, stole Nier? Stole Nier. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Um, no, but I, yes, uh, Nier Replicant is definitely the game that I am by far the most excited for because. Um, um, I didn't play the original Nier until this past year. Um, and like I Like Automata or like the original with the original. Nier Daddy? Like the original, like Nier Gestalt okay. replicant, um, like PS3, 360 game. Um, right. And there are some things about that game that are not great, but I actually think that people are a little harsh on it in terms of the combat. I think like the combat is pretty bare bones-ish, but like, it feels great against bosses still. Like it still does the job. The graphics aren't aren't as good. Um, I mean, there are some things about it that are just like a little bit rough around the edges. Um, but any of those complaints look like they're 100% washed away by Replicant, um, at least based on the early uh, footage that we have. Um, and I, I like the original Nier almost as much as like Nier Automata. And if you listen to some other podcasts, you might have heard me talk about it a lot. Um, and... I am incredibly jazzed to play this game again, even though I played it last year. And yeah, uh, and Chris Tales looks great too. I mean, like I, I think that the art style of that looks just incredible. So hey, at least we and can very, the most anticipated. It's very important that for um, the listeners out there, though, that you do say the title come to it in its complete form. I don't have the that, decimal point. In that is not of going me. to happen, sir. Near replicant version one point two four four eight seven something. I think one point two two four seven four four eight seven one three nine ellipsis because presumably it keeps going on. Uh, <laughs> it uh, does. But also, it is an ellipsis. But if you want a little fact, it's the square root of one point five. So make of that what you will. Ugh. Oh Yoko Taro. I didn't know that information. <laughs> I'm a better near fan than you. <laughs> oh, shots fired. Uh, well, before this uh, dissolves into uh, fisticuffs, uh, Neil, take us away. What are you? What's your most anticipated game of 2021? All right. Well, that's actually tough because this is piggybacking off of what Alana said earlier that the indie output is looking amazing and there's Mm -hmm. and go figure the cyberpunk genre seems to be enjoying a bit of a renaissance among indie developers and although there's like three games in the cyberpunk genre i'm interested in like let's see game deck and jack move the one i'm most looking forward to is this game called key locker it's looking at it's looking at a 2021 release but the developer says that it will be ready when it's ready. Um, it's being it's developed by Moonana, who gave us Virgo versus the Zodiac back in 2019, and right. that was one of my absolute favorite games that year. And uh, Key Locker is is all is similar. That's a turn-based J-style RPG with rhythm elements, and 
It's basically about uh, a rebellious musician in a dystopian world where music is out, where music is outlawed, and she's using her guitar as a weapon to lead a revolution. So. Well, thank you everyone for sharing. Uh, we got a lot to look forward to, and I hope uh, people let us know what they are looking forward to as uh, we bring this episode to a close. So, uh, yeah, that's, we did it. We got got the first one out of the way of 2021. Uh, if you want to give us what you're most looking forward to, uh, your game of the year picks that you had, any sort of thoughts and comments and whatnot, how much it's great to have everybody back on in a bigger cast uh, email us at podcast at rpgfan.com. You can also message me, particularly MG Delmi, on our Discord. I'm at Greg Delmage on Twitter. Jana, where can people find you on the Instagram? Uh, Instagram, Instagrams. Instawebs. Insta where are uh, we? Yeah. Somewhere on the yeah, web. You can find me on Twitter at Jono underscore Logan. Uh, I'm on Discord for RPG Fan. And yeah, just fire off an email to Greg and I, and we will uh, we will talk about it on the show, maybe. Mm-hmm. Alana, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, so I'm on on Discord as Alana, or the best place is probably Twitter. I am at Alana Hagues on there. And uh, yeah, you got lots of cool, shot, cool shots. And yeah, you got lots of cool thoughts to share, which uh, I enjoy. And we have Neil, where are you? Where do we find you? Um, Best way to reach me is neilch at rpgfan.com email. That's N-E-A-L-C-H at rpgfan. I'm not present on the social media platforms because I'm old. Yeah, whatevs. <laughs> but you, uh, you're you still reachable, and that goes out to all devs too. Please stop uh, sending me promotional emails at uh, my personal account or the podcast account. Send them to Neil. <laughs> Neil gets them. Send them yes. Neil. <laughs> yeah, devel- yeah, yeah, companies, PR at RPGfan.com. There we are. And uh, Zach, where can people track you down to suggest features possibly? I don't know. Uh, you can email me at ZachW at RPGFan.com or you can find me on Discord at ZachW. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, keeping this podcast going and our other podcasts. we got Retro Encounter that comes out weekly with uh, Mike Solosi or whomever else he throws in charge. Uh, and we also have Rhythm Encounter back, which Mike Selbattle is helming and uh, Hillary steps in a lot to host as well. Uh, I'll be on one of those coming up soon. We just talked at the beginning about the Winter Warmer episodes that just dropped. So you got a lot of great music to listen to there. And, of course, uh, the Phoenix Edge podcast with Hat and Eric. Uh, always keeping topical with things. And, uh, yeah, Hat had some really good insights on uh, Cyberpunk 2077, I think, on the last one. So go check out that episode and all the rest of what they do. And they, of course, live stream it if you want to uh, take a watch while they're recording. That's always fun to do as well. And then finally, uh, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Random Encounter. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much to my lovely panelists for being here. You're all great. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad to be here. Uh, For myself, for Jono, and for everybody else, bye for now. Bye. 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 Bye.